Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made, a day to rejoice and to be glad. Actually, it's the day where the holiest day of Jewish celebration across the land has brought to the forefront with song, dance, food, all manner of righteous rejoicing and celebration. And Father, we, led by your Spirit, are following the times, and we today celebrate what you celebrate, O oh God. We love what you love. We hate what you hate. Establish today in our hearts the manner in which these women, Father God, that you've given us might champion Christ, Lord. We pray that your heart would be our heart and that in the days that are to come, that will be like the days of Noah where so many people are disconnected and they're mocking your design for salvation. We pray, Father God, that we would be on the ark, which is Christ, and that we might escape that which is going to befall the earth, Lord. We pray that you give us insight and wisdom to understand these manners, uh, these matters in a manner which glorifies your name, Lord. We pray for the church that it would be strong and vibrant and have an identity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So in the last couple of days in this progression, we've talked about Revelations chapter 3, verse 19, uh, actually verse 20, where it says, I stand at the door and knock. This is God's invitation. And so this is a good thing that God would be knocking at your door. And if anyone is paying attention to his voice, he will open the door and he will connect with you and you will connect with him. And you guys will celebrate a banquet table. This is God's invitation. And this is at the forefront of every day of our life is an opportunity to hear what God is saying. Verse 21 says that the full-on overcoming victory of this connection with God as he knocks on the door is to be granted to sit with him on his throne. To him who is victorious, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I was victorious, I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Colossians 1.16 says that in him all things were created. And the things created by Christ, who's the image of the invisible God, by him all things created, those things in heaven, those things upon the earth, the things we can see and those things we can't see. These aspects of thrones, dominiums, principalities and authorities all these created through him and they serve his purpose everything that God has put in order is to serve his kingdom uh, things upon the earth are out of order because many people live by the things that are seen and not by the things that are unseen and so that is the framework we started and so Paul says in 2nd Corinthians Chapter um, 11, verse 2, I am seriously concerned for you as a husband that is going to receive a wife so that I can present you to Jesus as a chaste virgin. Uh, the opposite of a chaste virgin is an immoral woman. 
An immoral woman has no boundaries. She has no clue where her proper place is. The men have just gone through Proverbs chapter 7 on Monday night, and we don't want to have anything to do with this woman. She is tricky, she is shady, she's manipulative, and she takes you to destruction. She's working her way into hell. Well, we learned this week on Monday, Proverbs chapter 8, the woman called wisdom, and everything she speaks is the measure of excellence and righteousness. Her rewards far surpass any revenue upon the earth. She is better than gold and silver. Some of the men here have their wives out there making sure that their income is greater to their destruction. I won't grow tired of saying this because the secret of God is found in Proverbs 10.22. It's the blessing of God that adds wealth without sorrow. It's the blessing of God that gives you increase and does not bring sad days in your life. So those of you that are seeking choice silver and gold above the blessing of God are sure to be put to shame, are sure to be ruined. The Bible says a wise man will inherit glory, but a fool will inherit shame. And so the Bible is, is clear. I often thought that I'm not very precise in being able to share on a woman's message. Who is the, who is the perfect teacher of the ways of woman? Anybody knows? A woman. A woman. A woman has to tell you, nobody, by the sweat of your brow. See, a woman would say that. Go out there and stand under the showers of God's blessing and not my strength. Super important. If you don't do this, you miss out on God's game plan. Well, while I'm trying to talk about thrones and authorities and powers, I see that, that the women have a throne. They have a place where they rule. Years ago, when I got married, I would tell my mother these words. I said, Mom, your throne is in Dad's house. In our house, Yvette has a throne, and she reigns and rules victoriously. What's that mean? That every woman has a throne where she has dominion and power and authority. And, and just like the bride of Christ would sit upon the throne of Christ, she will rule with a, a rod, a scepter. She has to know how to use it and in what realm. Isaiah chapter 14 if I'm not mistaken, verse 12, there was this man who usurped the throne of God. And he said these words, Oh, Lucifer, how you have fallen. Oh, devil, how you were so mistaken. You were cut down to the ground. You, verse 13, who lifted your throne. You have said in your heart, I will ascend to God and I will exalt my throne above God's universal design. Who usurps authority? Satan. It's Lucifer who has no bearing. He doesn't honor mom and dad because as a young child, he raises his throne above mom and dad. 
The Bible says if you honor, that means you raise mom and dad's throne above yours, everything will go well with you and you'll live a long life. So even children have a realm of authority and a throne, a principality, a power. And if they ever raise up like Absalom did and put the throne above their fathers, it's for their shame and their ruin. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10.16 that it is a horrible thing for a child to be a king. It's a horrible thing. Oh, woe to you land when the king is a child. When everything in family revolves around a brat. And everybody says, amen. We all know that. But the same thing is true when you serve the throne in marriage. When you raise, you said, you know something? My husband has a throne. He's been established and ordained as the head of the household, but I will raise my throne above his. And this week, as I was preparing, I had no clue. Last week on Wednesday, March 8th, was the International Day of Women, where women celebrated their social, political, cultural, and economic achievement. And I see in, in the filter of God's word that God has established woman in a place that is instrumental to motivating man to rule in the govern with the affairs of God's design. And she's been given a place, and I asked God years ago, I would say, why did you put Yvette to submit to me? Because she's a wonder woman. And if I would have it, I would submit to her and go, baby, go. She would champion the nations. And, and I'm asking God, why do you put somebody more excellent? She's an A student in physics and calculus and chemistry. She, she's all star. She's all world, all classic. She's a, and I was like, she's the one that should be the head. And the Lord says, no, I gave her a more excellent position. I said, I don't understand. Yeah, I gave her. I gave her the position of Christ. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. That even though he was equal to God, God submitted him to the Father. Verse 6. Being in the form of God, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Um, in other words, a, a, a male and a female, they're equal. They're adults. But in God's design, he says, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took the form of a servant coming in the likeness of men. Jesus submitting himself. He says, the greatest of you would be a servant. So here on March 8th, the women went out with their banners and they're celebrating and the devil would love to grab women and establish her above man so he could destroy both man and woman and destroy family. He wants woman to, to excel to a place that, that has no glory. The Bible says because Jesus submitted, verse 8, he says not only did he take the form of a man, but being in the appearance of man, he humbled himself further and became obedient, and he went to death and death on the cross. He kept on going down, making himself of no reputation because he knew that what is dead, God will raise. Verse 9, therefore... God has highly exalted him, giving him a name above every name. 
So the secret to prevailing in the purposes of God is to conform in the likeness of his death so that you become participants of the likeness of his resurrection. Nobody's ever seen this before, except today is also matches up with this day called Purim. It's actually the holiest Jewish day that's celebrated in all the world. It's the day not taking after a great king and a hero and a man in the ways of God, but a woman. A woman named Esther who was able to find wisdom in posturing herself in the most excellent place to save God's people. To bring salvation like Israel had never experienced. And so this was more glorious. I mean, Moses did a great job in bringing 6 million Jews out of Egypt. And there is no day. I mean, they celebrate Passover. That's the day before he leaves. But Purim was to be the celebration of God's people perpetually. Purim is the day that should have been celebrated on March 8th where the women come out and say this. We will be the catalyst, the answer to God's salvation upon the earth. It's the story of the book of Esther. In this story, we see that a person does not usurp the throne, but knows how to correlate with the throne to be able to influence and intercede upon the earth. A wise woman is able to conduct herself, not um, all these latest books, you could read them, they keep on being reinvented. Uh, the last one, uh, Cheryl, I forgot what her last name is. Um, she's the CEO of Facebook. She wrote a book called Lean In. Sandberg. Sandberg. I mess her up with Zuckerberg. It's a Berg. Cheryl Sandberg this is the CEO of Facebook, and she wrote a book called Lean In. And in that book, she tells women, listen, stop apologizing for the strength that you have to be powerful. Be as powerful as you can be and let no one stop you. In other words, grab your throne, baby, and put it right over your husband's throne. Grab your authority, your power, your resilience, your, your amazing fashioned help, and just take it as far as it goes. Um, I would like to say that that's not healthy. That is not God's design. Here we have in the book of Esther, written about 500 years before Jesus comes on the scene. Yom Kippur is a Hebrew holiday. Yom Kippur means like this, a day of atonement, like Purim. Day of atonement like Purim. In other words, the Hebrew holiday Yom Kippur, which is a high holy holiday, uh, he says, celebrate it like you would the real thing, Purim. Celebrate Yom Kippur like God has called you to celebrate this day, highly exalted and, and mandated amongst God's people to celebrate every year. Uh, we don't make a habit of celebrating this day. Otherwise, we would all be standing up right now and we would be like jumping and dancing and, and we would have noisemakers and we would be uh, blowing the trumpet. We would be celebrating large 
the victory that happened. In fact, it's mandated in the word of God. I'll give you that verse just so that, that we can continue on here. Here's March 12, 2017, where um, Purim is celebrated all over the world. Let's go to Esther chapter 9. And here was the mandate that was given to God's people. Uh, we're going to go to um, the book of Esther chapter 9. Uh, verse 26. Therefore they called these days Purim. After they named Pur, which means lotto, because this bad man was, was trying to figure out what day he would exterminate God's people. Haman would sit there and say, I wonder what day coming soon will be the end of all those who call upon the name of the Lord. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter, what they had seen concerning this matter and what happened to them. Verse 27, the Jews established and made it imposed upon themselves and their descendants all who would join them, that without fail, they should celebrate these two days. Every year, according to what's written in the instruction, according to the things prescribed. Verse 28. So these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation. Every family, every province, every city. That the days of Purim should not fail to be observed amongst the Jews. That the memory of them should not perish among their descendants. I would like to say that these are shadows and types of things to come. That in the days to come, it's going to be super instrumental for the salvation of God's people. For there to be wise women in the land. Women that are so beautiful, attractive to the king, compelled to come and sit on the throne. Because it was Esther that delivered the people of God. It wasn't a man. It wasn't the strength of, and the power of male. It was a wise woman. And in fact, if we're to celebrate this Purim, which the people of Israel still to this day is their holy days. It's their, it's their most celebrated day. In fact, they, they believe that they should drink more wine than ever. They should have more food than ever. They should be more hospitable than ever. They should celebrate the salvation or the atonement, the deliverance of their nation by what transpired in the book of Esther. So I'm thinking maybe the women... Uh, that are real Christians should be uh, really in tune with the book of Esther. If this was a Christian church, everybody would be saying men, especially the women. <laughs> that, that we could read and understand the book of Esther. And that a mom could open the book of Esther to her daughter. And say, sweetie, this is what God's future lies for you. You're not like the rest of the women. You're peculiar. You're special. And it starts out there in the book of, of Esther chapter 1 where it says that the woman Vashti did not want to participate. I mean, no women like that. I'm not coming out and standing up to save anybody. She forfeited her right to sit and influence the throne. 
This is similar to Israel. Israel's been called to show the nations the wisdom of God and says, I'm not going to participate. So he has to raise up another woman called the church. Another woman that will sit on Jesus' throne and will reign in his authority and will represent him to the nations. But there in chapter 1 of the book of Esther, you guys could uh, make use of that chapter, uh, wise women, who will model this aspect of Hadassah. That's the, the Hebrew name for Esther. You're, you're going to sit there and champion. And so uh, chapter 1 of the book of Esther, super important. There was a woman in Spanish, que le faltó el respeto a su esposo. I'm going to say it in English now. She disrespected her husband. How did she do that? Because her husband had no say in her life. Hadn't, her husband couldn't tell her anything because she was throwing down the rules. Instead of having, uh, Wellington Boone says, a God said in Adam's life, Adam had a she said. She, she had a great idea. Let's just eat from the fruit and we'll be like God. Let's just turn this thing all around because I know a way of prosperity. You stay home and watch the kids. Esther chapter 1 verse 20. The king wrote a decree and proclaimed throughout the nation. All women must give honor to their husbands. It doesn't matter if he's a great, reputable, significant husband or if he's a small, insignificant husband. That's super important. I'm raising a daughter. I want her to be a blessing to her husband and not a curse. I want her to be a wise woman, not a woman who's going to trample his headship. If he's going to rule and reign with Christ... It's a kingdom, not a queendom. That's just chapter one. That we've had it so twisted for so long. They tried to reinvent feminism. They tried to re reinvent all manner of things in the house. And we continue to produce children who have no glory. They don't know what it is. So if your son is seeing you champion motherhood, if your son is seeing dad champion motherhood, how will he ever see the glory of God? One of the things that, that was a blessing in our life, in our marriage, in our family, is that I understood that the dynamics between me and Yvette, how we would relate, would show our children a healthy existence of the kingdom of God by authority and submission. My authority not being abusive, but being supportive. Clearing the way of any weight that would hinder my wife from being the most beautiful woman in the world. And so these mannerisms, and we said it on Wednesday, depending on how you relate in these matters with those people that are above you, those people that are on your same horizontal level, those people underneath you. And the primary purpose of me exercising a wholesome authority over my house because it blesses my sons in their future endeavors in family. If they see a tyrant, if they see somebody who's lazy and irresponsible, somebody who doesn't show up to the fight, 
they also will follow that bad example because they have no other footprints. So in order for them to be able to prevail in life, they have to see a father prevail. But in order for them to understand on how to deal with their wife, they need to see a wise woman proceed in a household. She's not to be loud and rambunctious. She's not to override. Um, I, I've, had, I've had the experience where some women have told their husbands this. Some women have told their husbands, if you ever discipline my sons again, I'm not going to have intimacy with you, and I'm going to leave you. So what is cowering their authority and their ordained position in the presence of God is the manipulation and the intimidation of a Jezebel spirit. All these manners come to play in chapter 2. After he writes these letters, he starts looking for somebody willing to sit upon the throne. And this is powerful that this woman who is going to be groomed to sit upon the throne requires the preparation of beauty. Chapter 2, verse 9. The young women pleased Haggai, the king's eunuch, and began to prepare themselves. Chapter 2, verse 9. He quickly provided these young girls with beauty preparations, a portion of food, a diet. He had given them seven choice maids, and he transferred her to the maids in the best quarters. So all these women begin to prepare themselves to garner the attraction to sit upon the throne. And you'll see that Esther had the desire to beautify herself. Look what it says there in verse 12. This is super powerful. It was a full year of preparation. Each woman turned come, uh, to come before the king after she had been completed 12 months of preparation. A grooming process. Um, a lot of the women last Sunday came up to me and says, uh, Pastor, I'm going to need to work on this thing because if I cannot be Cuban, falta respeto, I'm going to have to curtail back my Cuban presence that I might please the king. 12 months of preparation according to those regulations for women. For thus there were days of preparation appointed, six months with oil, Holy Spirit, and six months with perfumes. Six months being attractive to King Jesus. And there she, Esther, participated. What is amazing is she desired nothing that the king did not desire. Verse 17, here it is. So the king loved Esther more than all the others. This, this, this is something that God has to cultivate in the Holy Spirit. This is not an imposition to get upset at you and to force you to do what you don't want. A wise woman, she, she moves in the spirit of God to please God. She's not doing it because it's the church's imposition. Oh, the church wants me to. We're not to be listening to the world. The, 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 the protests last week were not saying we want to become what God wants us to become. That's not what they were doing. They were saying, you know something? We're going 
we're going to get in a place where men are not going to be of our man and then our position and, and our econ economics and, and, and our workplace and nothing was, we want to become women after God's heart. We, we want to serve. We, we want to take our place as servants. That's not the voice. It's not the voice. It's not the culture. She obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set a royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of the one that did not want to make that man a champion. She didn't have a heart for it, Vashti. She was totally disconnected. And so God places a, a woman willing to take that place. Uh, we went to have lunch with my wife about three days ago. And there was a woman sitting right behind us. I don't know why we get the front row and all these seats. And this woman was going off, just going off, going off. And, and her husband or fiance-to-be was there. And, and she was being loud and obnoxious and twisted and just... Aberrant, obscene, vulgar, repulsive. I could barely eat my lunch. And so I would tell my wife, I said, I couldn't be able to sit at the table for three seconds with a woman in that ugly spirit. But there are women that are wise, and there are women that are going to be instrumental in the times to come. There are going to be women who the king loves more than all the other women, the preference. To be sat and given the authority to rule. Uh, I was just telling somebody this week. Uh, I got into a house. I said, listen, you have these children. And in 20 years, they're going to be the fruit of your disposition. They're going to they're hate God. They're going to hate the church. They're going to hate authority. They're going to be loud, brandished, fools, despising good. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, that woman who, who is pursuing excellence. So, so these are not things that say, oh, no, what happened? Oh, no, what happened is that we despise the wisdom of God, the place of God. Instead of choosing a place of prominence, a place of salvation, in chapter 2, this woman is raised up and given a place of authority in a manner which is powerful. In chapter 3, we see that there's a plot against God's people. Um, I want to suggest, and it's super important, that everything I'm talking about is not religious gab. This is not theology. This is practical insight for God's blessing and prosperity over your home. So you're not despising like, like God told Samuel. Samuel, um, they're not despising you. They're despising me. I don't take personal offense. You're going to wear the garments of shame. And Michael Irving, you guys know him as Magic Johnson. His son wants to be a woman. And he, she comports her, her, himself. He comports herself, or however you want to do it, with a purse. He's a champion in athletics, but he's a disaster in the kingdom of God. Producing not sons that are champions, but effeminate. Female-like men who don't have the Spirit of God upon them. And we're flirting with these matters all out. And so there it is in chapter 3. We have the whole plot of the destruction of God's people. Super important that you would know that the devil is out to kill, to steal, to destroy. Some people question my tenacity and my passion. They're like, why are you so, why are you so strong? I said, because you're playing in the middle of the highway and an 18-wheeler is just going to rip your head off. 
You don't know where you're dancing. You think it's la-la land and you're about to perish. You're forsaking the ways of your father. You're forsaking the kingdom of God and his advancement. So there, Mordecai in chapter 3 hears about the destruction. And in chapter 4, verse 1, and I, I want to suggest that this is man's role, that he learned everything and that you tear your clothes when you see somebody departing from God's design unto destruction. It says that his voice was loud and bitter. Well, Pastor, why are you crying out loud? Because you're about to usher your family into demise. Why are you wearing sackcloth and ashes? Why are you tearing your clothes? You're, you're being a scene. You're making a scene. And it says that when Esther heard about these things, now she's sitting on the, 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 the king. Verse 4, she sends her servants to Mordecai and says, listen, change your tomb. Put on your birthday clothes and let's celebrate. She sent garments of cloth so that he would not mourn anymore, but he refused. A lot of people are inviting me to circus and to birthday parties and bridal showers and baby showers. And I'm seeing that they're despising the ways of the Lord. And so they're not going to be celebrating much in days to come. And I refuse to celebrate with those that are about to move in a direction that is not healthy for them. So when he finally tells her, listen, there's a serious matter going on. Verse 7, Mordecai told him everything that happened and the exact amount of money that was being exchanged to the king's treasury for the destruction. How do we negotiate? How we compromise? These are little things at little times, little things at little times that amount to big things at big times. And we can't see that every year celebrating in a manner that is disconnected with God ends up formulating the right price to destroy God's people. Verse uh, chapter 5 We're in chapter 4. We're going to 5 now. So you, you guys read between the lines everything that's going on. So finally, chapter... Um, going to chapter 5 now. She finally understands her role. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 14, which is this is instrumental. This is what you need to be praying for. That if you remain silent... Knowing what's at stake, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet you don't know if you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I was telling our pastors here at church that I've paid some exorbitant prices doing away with certain relationships so that I could have my children being able to be in place of authority. And if you don't do that for yourself, your sons are not going to be able to be strong in the day they need to be strong. So they will not be able. So here he says, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this, for you not to perish like other people perish. So verse 16, go gather all the Jews that are present in Susa, 
and begin to pray. She's saying, gather the people, have them fast and pray for me. I will fast also, so I will come before the king and intercede. And I'll do that which seems crazy against the times and traditions because it would cost her her life. But if I perish, let me perish. If the price I need to pay is to not be popular, my heart is there. I've come and I've been part of what God has allowed me to be part so that if I have to pay the price, I'm willing to pay the price. So chapter 5, she comes before the king. Verse 1, on the third day, Esther puts on her royal robes. She enters the court of the king's palace. She's right in front of the throne. And while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house, verse 2, as he saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, that she found favor in his sight. She was of such a disposition, she was becoming attractive to the king. He held out to Esther the golden scepter which was in his hand, and Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. I want to say that women have influence, that women have wisdom, that women have power, that they have an ability to come and to change seasons. They have abilities to change nations, to change the heart of the king, verse 3, to be able to deal with manners with wisdom, and said to her, what do you wish? Queen Esther, what is your request? It shall be given to you up to half of my kingdom. I want a brand new BMW. I want to go to the mall with a credit card. Really? Your fullest, brightest expression has nothing to do with your influence in the fear of God? Really, you're, you're trashing your family? You're taking everything over the cliff without influence? Verse 4. I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. She answered, within the king's pleasure, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. She had everything ready. She had everything in line. She was walking with wisdom. And, and again, I'm not the best to be teaching these matters. For I believe that not only the women in this house, but their daughters can leave a posterior legacy to the lineage. It, it says that the Chinese women weren't concerned about their lifetime and themselves. They would sacrifice themselves and their lifetimes for a dynasty. What's a dynasty? 500 years. Well, if you're thinking only about yourself, me, myself, and I, I guess you do have to figure out what is personable to you that's unconnected to the kingdom of God. You have no understanding. Listen, it shouldn't be your dad who's telling you about how precious you are to Jesus. Your intimacy with Jesus would compel you to desire his love above all other loves upon the earth. When you're connected to Jesus, I love Jesus. I, I say I'll marry Jesus, I'll become the bride of Jesus, and I'm a man. How could a woman not have the affection, the, the affinity, the embrace, the communion, the spirit to be able to say what my king's desire is to her husband? How is she portraying the role, and this is what happens, that there are poderosas. There are motherly roles upon the earth that empower the daughter to her own destruction. 
She doesn't know how to cook. She doesn't know how to clean. She doesn't know how to serve her family. She despises her household. She has an affection in her gut that resists, and I've, I've had this happen all over the world, but that resists the grooming and cultivating of offspring. She'd rather not have children. Because it represents, and we were talking about this, uh, oh, I can't disfigure my tummy because I'm going to get stretch marks. <laughs> stretch marks. And they don't see the preciousness of seed, godly seed. That which will rule the nations. That which she will groom up. Her seed will destroy the seed of Satan. That's, that's the promise over a woman. That, that the kingdom she produces is greater than the kingdoms of this world. So there it is in chapter uh, 7. Chapter 6, she sets the groundwork. Um, chapter 7, verse 10. The enemy is exposed and hung. That your enemies would be hung. Yael put a spear through this man's head, destroyed that which would come to enslave her children. They hanged him on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Thus, the king's wrath was subsided. So verse 2, this is powerful. Esther chapter 8, verse 2, look what happens. She doesn't say, I'm the one. She says, the king, take off the ring that is on Haman's hand and give it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. Esther was instrumental in establishing the lineage of God's decree. Verse 3 says, she spoke again to the king, fell at his feet, and implored with tears to change, to counteract the evil schemes of Haman, to kill the Jewish people he had devised. What, what is to, to underscore and offset every strategy the devil has to your demise? Uh, the greatest the greatest. Passion. The Bible says that the, the children of children are their grandparents' crown. You imagine my grandchildren? Do you imagine them? A wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Who are they? A wise man leaves an inheritance not to his sons, but to his son's sons. And the greatest inheritance that I can leave my grandchildren are my sons and daughters. Their character, their conviction, their zeal, their passion for God. And so there it is. Um, I implore that you offset all the schemes to destroy my people. Because this man has put it. Verse 4, the king held out to Esther the gold scepter. And Esther arose and stood before the king. And so he dictated, in verse 11... Verse, no, verse 10, he wrote in the name of king and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters to couriers on horseback riding uh, the royal horses and the offsprings of the racing mares. Verse 11, I sent news to everyone. By these letters, the king permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together 
and to fight for the protection of their lives, to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the forces of the people of the province that would assault them, both little children and women, and to plunder their possessions. He gave a royal decree that they would be the head and not the tail. He would, he would, he would put in place that they, could, they were able to walk in the victory that God had for them. And so there it is, Esther chapter 9, verse 21. From that day forward, all the cities, all the provinces, all the villagers were obliged to celebrate Purim. Falls this year on March 12th, today, Sunday. Can we stand up this morning and, and sit just ponder these things, consider these things? Some of you don't even know the extent of them. The Spirit of God is speaking emphatically. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, he says, I'm concerned that like the devil deceived, verse 3, I want to present you as a, a virgin to the king, but I fear. Listen to what Paul says. This is modern time. I fear lest somehow the serpent Satan deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds also be corrupted from the simplicity that there is in Christ. That, that these manners of living life are obviously unheard and unseen in this world. Uh, well, we've had people say, those people are crazy, man. What do they expect? Why has God made woman so wise to not put her out in the workplace, baby, and start generating some money while daddy stays home? He's a sugar daddy. She goes out and she fights the battles and brings back the plunder. Why has God fashioned woman so phenomenal? The Bible says a foolish woman is like an ostrich. She flaps her wings. Look how powerful and big, big I am. And she's crushing her children under feet. Her great pride and her expressions of, look at me now, she's trampling, trampling her descendants. I want to tell you something, that, that these are not my preferences, but I always pray that there would be strong women in this house that would raise up godly offspring. Not show me how they can put a lot of money in the bank for the destruction of their own family. Obviously. Obviously, the devil is astute. But in these days, the virtuous woman has chosen more excellently. So the influence is far beyond her bank account. But the increased treasures of influence and purpose of God being fulfilled... And prominence, the Bible says, of her husband as he sits amongst the elders at the gates of the city. Cheryl Sandberg was on Time magazine. And the only picture she could put of her husband, which is now deceased, he fell off a, a treadmill. The only picture she could put of her husband is a picture, she says, my children hate this picture because they see me beating their father at Monopoly. It's just like I'm strong, I'm a woman, and even when I'm in my private time having pleasure with my husband, I'm kicking his butt at Monopoly. 
I'm showing how I can reduce him to a morsel of crumb. And Father, we prayed this morning that your wisdom would be upon our lives so that the women in this house might champion Christ, might champion marriage, might champion raising up godly offspring, that her heart is in the home, that her heart understands family. All the women who have not been able to move in that direction, Lord, we pray that you make them spiritual moms and that they're able to celebrate Purim, rejoice with a wise woman who delivers and saves the people of God, and having had a horrible past, might now raise up a banner to champion Christ, that her heart might be intimate to these matters, that the book of Esther would not just be a historical book, but would be a reality in the hearts of the women of our day, of our time, that will understand the schemes of the devil and how he wishes to destroy the lineage of David, the offspring of God. Father, that we not usurp the thrones that you have established, the powers, the principalities, the authority, but that we, in your kingdom, might reveal these matters to our children and children's children so they reign as the head and not the tail all the days of their lives. Fill us with your spirit, O oh God. Fill us with understanding. Allow us, O oh God, not to lay prostrate and failed and defeated as fools, but that we're to reign gloriously with Christ, exalting his kingdom and his throne above all other thrones. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.